You're listening to Quick and Dirty History, the show about American history on the go. War runs the headlines today. It's unavoidable to read the news and not be bombarded with the tragedies that human beings continue to inflict upon one another. Although there are certain large conflicts that stand out in American and human history, it's conflict that's a constant. It's tragic and nothing less than disappointing that us, as human beings, and for this podcast, us as Americans specifically, seem to always be in a state of war. It's a recurring theme. We kill each other. History books might disclose the number of dead soldiers in any one conflict or another, but that never tells the whole story. It's incalculable and simply impossible to quantify the toll of death and destruction in war. War impacts societies, economies, mental health, infrastructure, and geopolitical landscapes, making it impossible to quantify its full consequences. Casualties represent only a fraction of the profound and long-lasting repercussions as war shapes the course of history, alters political dynamics, and leaves enduring scars on individuals and communities alike. Now, when race becomes a central factor in war, as seen during the Civil War, the complexity of it deepens significantly. It can't be driven home enough that the racial divide was stark and the institution of slavery was the central point of contention during the Civil War. Some racist shit. And when race becomes a central factor, it transforms the conflict into a battle not only for political ideals, but also for the very fabric of society. That's what the Civil War was. Though, society has means to fight injustice that goes far beyond something as barbaric as just shooting each other and shooting other Americans which America is the world champion in doing. In the mid-1800s, a network of abolitionists, free black people, and former slaves helped other slaves, which were the lifeblood of the southern economy, to escape to the north and to Canada. It was the Underground Railroad, which was not physically a railway at all, but a network of secret routes and safe houses and an organized means of transporting and hiding fugitive slaves. The Underground Railroad stands as a remarkable testament to the power of nonviolent resistance. Guns are loud and draw attention, but what the orchestrated Underground Railroad was able to do saved countless African-American lives with just a whisper. Although it was already plenty active before the war, the Underground Railroad gained further prominence as enslaved individuals sought freedom behind Union lines, and the conflict intensified efforts to escape. The clandestine network of individuals and safe houses helped over 100,000 escaped slaves break the bonds that held them in the South. Underground railroad routes went north to free states and Canada, to the Caribbean, into the Western United Territories, and Indian Territories. While there were so many players involved with helping escaped slaves, many will never even know their name. Few are as famous as Harriet Tubman, who made more than a dozen trips to guide slaves to freedom. When the Civil War began, Tubman worked for the Union Army, first as a cook and a nurse, and then as an armed scout and a spy. By 1861, her reputation was super widespread. She was smart and strategic, devising clever disguises and playing to her strengths. For her guidance at the rate of Kambahi Ferry, which liberated hundreds of enslaved people, she's widely credited with being the first woman to lead an armed expedition during the war. Badass, Harriet Tubman. The Underground Railroad was massively successful and an inspiration to further act against slavery by all means. The United States government was going to do their part too. 
because big government can do big things when they try. Soldiers could only do so much, but so could the pen. The Union threw the rule of law at slavery and passed laws that were designed to liberate slaves in the seceded states. The first Confiscation Act, passed in 1861, was a direct strike at the heart of the Confederacy's economy and social structure. The act allowed Union forces to seize Confederate property, notably enslaved people. As insane as it is to think of people as property, that's exactly how this act had to work. It also stated that all slaves who fought with or worked for the Confederate military services were freed of further obligations from their masters. It was a very clever use of legal authority. Enslaved people, who were the backbone of the Southern economic system, could suddenly be declared free by Union forces. It was a moral and strategic blow to the Southern Democrats of the South. But of course, the South, which had just seceded from the North and started a war, wasn't about to give a damn about any laws that the North came out with. The act wasn't just about liberating enslaved people, though. It was a nuanced political tool. President Abraham Lincoln was balancing on a tightrope. He had to keep border states, which were slave states but not part of the rebellion, in the Union. The Confiscation Act and those that would follow were the best ways of signaling a shift against slavery without alienating these crucial states. The implications of the act were vast. It signaled the beginning of the end for slavery in the Confederacy, undermining their economic foundation. It also put the Union at a moral high ground, framing the war as not just a struggle for unity, but also a fight against slavery. Of course, it was most of all a legal stepping stone for the Emancipation Proclamation that will happen in 1863. I'm not going to spoil it all, but the Emancipation Proclamation is the bomb diggity and a great fuck you to the evils of slavery. The Confiscation Act was a good start. Although Lincoln was initially cautious to use the Confiscation Act, it did set the stage for a broader emancipation of enslaved peoples. The connection between the Underground Railroad and the Confiscation Acts becomes clear as abolitionists and sympathetic military officials collaborated to support escaped slaves. The legislation inadvertently provided the legal framework for freeing enslaved individuals who sought refuge behind Union lines. In essence, the Confiscation Act of 1861 was like the first domino to fall in a series that would eventually lead to the abolition of slavery in the United States.